So Pinhead goes, why did you only have four blades? And Freddy's like, well, there was a sale. It was buy three, get one free. Crazy. Uh, welcome back to the show. This is episode six of What Geeks Do. I'm No Job Robin. This is my co-host, Pizza. Pizza. And we have two special guests today. It's a special night. We have Charles Monster Force Marsh and Joe the Master Armada. Hey guys. How you doing? How you doing, guys? <laughs> welcome Glad back. Be show, guys. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be here. Such yeah, a pleasure. Good. All right, so we're talking about... Last time we were talking, we were talking about the CGI, other stuff. Now, you know, what's funny is, listen, you know, like special effects in horror movies. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something that can be appreciated about the stuff we've seen, you know, 70s, 80s, just the old school stuff to where, you know, they're using real pop, you know, props and it looks like real blood and gush mm-hmm. and just everything. And when you start doing the, some of the CGI, you know, CGI stuff, I mean, you can see it just looks horribly fake. I mean, it just, it, I can't get the same appreciation, especially when I see stuff like from Tom Savini, the work he would do in mm-hmm. the mastery to create those real special effects that he does with props and everything. I mean, I don't know. Have you seen many horror movies that can really accomplish showing gore and blood as good as vintage props? I'm not saying they can't, but. Day, you think Day of, of the Dead. I'm Day of the say- Dead was so like ahead of its time, special effects wise. That's a uh, Day of the Dead. Which one? That was that was the one. Um, uh, was it was part of Romero's series. It's the one where it's back in the. It was made in the eighties, and Savini did the special effects. That was when he and K and B first got like all of them worked together on a movie together. Oh, is that and, the uh, one where the zombies were in the? The underground. Yep, they remade uh, that though, right? Yeah, they remade it. And it was and yeah, I mean, sucked. can you think of any like you know modern stuff like that's what I mean? They're trying to do everything. Oh no, no, no I, I agree with you. I'm just saying like that. I I can't think of anything that tops that movie for gore and realism as yeah. far as special effects. I can't think of anything in recent times. Nothing. Well, actually, the new uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre probably used digital effects that were pretty good. Did it? I don't know that for sure if they were real or digital. You talking about the Marcus you Nispel don't know one? That. The the one where he was like a sixty year old man, or like a seventy year old man. The uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The one just came out where he found out he had a cousin or a niece. That oh, was dumb. I, can't even. I didn't really like that. I saw that one. <laughs> that sucked. I like the beginning. The Texas yeah. Chainsaw. The beginning was good. Yeah, it was the whole yeah. let's team up with Leatherface thing that bothered me about it. You know, that was like, so dumb. I, well, that was a cousin. family member, wasn't it? Isn't it that was how it's always been? It was a stretch. It really was a stretch. It was. It was. Yeah. It. It. I mean, there was okay. There's some cool stuff about that movie, but that is is for me. Now, if you liked it, you liked it. That's fine. Um, for me, it just it felt. It felt like a comic book, kind of. Uh, have you seen that one, Joe? You know what's weird? Uh, the most recent one you were talking about that was just made of Texas mm-hmm. Chainsaw Massacre. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, I seen it's just the, called um, Texas Chainsaw. I know. I, I have not. I'll have to see it. I mean, is it worth seeing? No. Did you say? Mm. No? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. Yeah, you're right. It does sound, you know, because... You know, there's a lot of movies that I really like, and you know, some people I don't know if they get a kick out of them, but I love the Pumpkinhead movies. I, oh, I, just, yeah. I don't know, I love yeah. that character. Yes. Yeah, and when you seen it was a 
I don't know, maybe five years ago. It might even be longer. Remember they had two new Pumpkinhead movies. Yep. And the parts where they showed that all digital and showing Pumpkinhead jumping from the top of a barn down on the yep. ground. And you can see it's all, oh, God, did I hate that. Yeah. I didn't I, see I, that. I did too. I like the original. Yeah, mm-hmm. the original's awesome and freaky and spooky and just, yes, I mean, was. like you said, again, using real animatronics. I mean, well, you know, puppets and... Stan and Winston. Way- yes, yeah, Stan, Stan Winston, God. I mean, his work. Didn't he even, um, he created a Predator, right? Yeah. Well, he and, it, he and, um, oh, there was somebody, uh, I think it was James Cameron. The two of them were talking and James Cameron kind of suggested things to him about the Predator because he was doing the design and all. That's right. created Predator? Huh? Wait, James Cameron had a hand in creating Predator? No, he, he had a hand in tweaking the design. Okay. Like, I think he and um, I think he and Stan Winston, from, from the story that's on the DVD, if I remember correctly now, I, like I said, I, I, my memory's crap, but um, they were on a flight together or something like yes. that, and Winston was working on the concept drawings, and I think think it was Cameron that was like, you know, so give him Rasta braids. Didn't yeah. he or something? Dreadlocks? Yep, that's what it was. He said, give him Rasta braids. And he was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, because he sketched that all out on the plane, because otherwise, yeah. I mean, God, what if we were stuck with that thing that Van Damme was doing? Wasn't Van Damme the person that was working in that outfit? Yep, that in the crazy outfit? suit. Well, well, actually, actually, he didn't. I don't think he did that part of it. Sean Claude Van Damme? Van Damme did the actual acrobatics parts where the okay. predator's jumping around and you see it in CG. Or not, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm oh, sorry. Fuck sorry. Yeah. In uh, like 3D or. or uh, green screen or however they did it? Yeah, yeah, green screen, yeah. which yeah. I think they did it red screen back then. Yeah, but, was, um, it, was it a pink outfit he was wearing or something or some? He was, pink? when he was doing the part, the parts that he did were like. All right, when they look up in the trees and you see the predator like flipping through the trees and stuff like that, and then they make him oh, look like he's invisible. That was Sean oh, Claude Van Damme? Yeah, that was Van yeah, Damme. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. Oh, so he wasn't in the silly outfit, no, too. No, okay, that was right. that was somebody else entirely. Thank God that thing changed. Could you imagine if we were stuck with that predator? Have you seen Predators? Yeah, I did. They put right. that thing in the movie. Mm. No, they didn't pay attention. Where, where at? All right, you know the part when they're um, uh, they're being chased, or they're trying to they're trying to uh, bait out the predator so it'll come after them, and mm-hmm. something comes chasing them through the woods, and the the Israeli chick shoots, and she thinks they think that she shot it, and she's like, no, somebody else, and that's when uh, Fishburne's character comes up. He shot yeah. that alien. That alien was an homage to that original predator design oh no kidding i i'm gonna have to look at that again i didn't yeah. know that i'll be damned well i'll be <laughs> it is something though you learned about van damme today being an uh mm-hmm. predator yeah you have to get a what was it on the special blu-ray or something you could see all that i fucking um, should have known that i'm a huge van damme fan it should it should be on the blu-ray i've got like the the special edition dvd and it's got that on it so it should be on the blu-ray shit and damn, I learned something new today. So you did. I mean, because remember Van Damme, he was in um, Friday the 13th Part 6. Remember when Jason was doing those backflips and then he was doing those, you know, <laughs> helicopter kicks? <laughs> that was all Van Damme. I'm cool with that. Because you Van Damme makes you? everything better. <laughs> Jason starts flipping and doing helicopter kicks. Like, what is going on here? Yeah. 
finally yes. speaks in a crazy accent that you know, I was like, wait, wait a second. It's so I didn't good. Know Jason Tall. It's so good to be in the presence of like true horror people, you know? Like you guys uh, know what's up, you know? Horror, horror is is has always been one of my great joys. Like when I was a, when I was a little kid, and I mean little kid. Um, like I said, I think I said before in one of the episodes that like the closest I am to any of my brothers is like thirteen years. And when I was a little kid, they knew that I liked monsters and stuff so much that, you know, like mom would put me to bed and everything. And and late at night, the local television stations would play old horror movies like mm-hmm. like at midnight or something like that or later. Mm-hmm. They would sneak back there, wake me up and bring me into the living room so they could watch horror movies. Oh, with me. yeah. Isn't so that awesome? I was, huh? I said, that's awesome. I mean, because yeah, I did the same thing. I mean. I was watching horror movies since I was like, I can remember three, four yeah. years old oh, yeah. and loved them. And what's weird is I was never, okay. I like that feeling that you'd get a fear, but I was never scared, scared, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'd watch it. I'd freak out. You know, if we'd ever go to the drive-ins and see the Friday the 13th movies on the way home, we were always passing this really long stretch of forest that freaked me out. Cause I thought Jason was going to come out of the forest or the woods. <laughs> but the one thing that literally scared me. Now, this is going to make absolutely no sense. Jason, Michael, they never got me to where I'd hide behind a couch or, or be in fear. I would. But the, the TV series, The Incredible Hulk, when Here. Bruce... Yes, yeah, when David Banner, whatever you want to call him in the TV Did, series, when he would turn into the Hulk and start transforming, mm. I would run behind the couch and I would hide and peek around the corner away from... Really? I thought the Hulk was like some kind of creature that would like kill me. Joe, I was afraid of the... Joe. You are me. Were you serious? I, I did the exact same thing. When I was a kid, I was terrified of the Incredible Hulk. That's so funny. I love the Incredible Hulk. I wasn't yeah, scared of it. Like, Incredible Hulk is the thing I collect now. And I love that. That's spooky. Hulk. Yeah, but like when I was a kid, I do the same thing. Like, and it, it, for me, it wasn't so much the transformation that messed me up. It was like I've never liked loud noises. I still don't. Because mm. I'm real sensitive. I have real sensitive hearing. And. When he would roar, I, I was gone. That like, was I was a good out of roar, there. though. We, we might be long lost cousins or something then. But that, that's strange. somehow related. That's great. Definitely. But there, there's two things that I don't, I don't know. Did, did you ever, when you were a kid, did you ever get past your fear of the Hulk? Like, it, it ever took, watch it? I, yeah, I think it was maybe a whole. No, okay. It wasn't from the whole season watching that. What got past the fear was. Like I said, I was absolutely terrified of them. Uh-huh. We went out trick-or-treating that year. Yeah. And going up to houses, we had to cross the street. And I'm with my mom, my brothers and sisters. And to cross the street, there was this guy who was built like the Incredible Hulk. And he oh. body painted himself. Oh, and no he was way. holding a, he was holding a bucket of candy, passing it to kids crossing the street. <laughs> <laughs> and... and I'm screaming. I'm crying because my brother's sister went, my mom went up, and I did not want to go across the street. And she kept saying, Joey, it's okay. Joey, it's okay. Just come across the street. I said, I can't. She's like, okay, do something. Close your eyes. Run. Hold out your hand. If you catch the candy that he puts in it, you got it. That's good. But just come on. That's just freaking. So I, so, so I actually closed my eyes, screamed, crying across. Never got the candy. I, I didn't care. I was holding my hand. I didn't get it. But passing him and then looking back at him, I think that somewhat took the fear away because it was like seeing the Hulk in real life and the real Hulk 
didn't kill me, so yeah. then I think I stopped being scared of them. I, I can pinpoint exactly what happened with me. Like, there's two things that happened to cure me of the Hulk fear. Um, one of them was my, my mom was abs- like, she couldn't deal with me being afraid of the thing because she knew that it terrified me because my brothers liked to watch it. And like, I would peep over the couch when I was a kid. So there was like a part of me that wanted to see that show. We all went the whole- couch. It's amazing. Huh? Oh, you did the same thing? As I said, I'd go behind the couch. It was nuts. That's yeah, it just peek over the couch. Like I would get behind the couch and peek over it, and like I could watch it as long as it was uh, Banner doing his stuff. Mm-hmm. But as soon as the Hulk popped up, I was gone. Uh-huh. But my mom, my mom just wanted me to get past that irrational fear, and so there was at the time that all this was going on, the Star Wars Death Squad Commander, not Death. Death Star Commander or whatever it was. It was one of the figures from the original Star Wars line. Because this was like 78, 79, something like that. And um, that one had come out and I wanted that figure. And she was like, alright, if you can sit here and watch a whole episode of the Hulk without being scared, without running away, you can, you can have that figure. And wow. so she bought, she bought my... Uh, tolerance of the hulk for an episode but i was still scared to death of him but that that next week on mr rogers i used to love mr rogers when i was a kid he did an episode where they went and he sat with bill bixby and lou ferrigno at the studio where they were filming the hulk and they showed how the hulk wasn't a real monster and it was makeup and everything i was good to go that's awesome that's yeah. awesome. I don't like that they ruined that for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they kind of. And they, plus, you could have got figures um, every week. Maybe your mom would have gave you a figure. <laughs> no, every no, week. no. You don't know my mom. That's cool, man. It would have been better though if you would have got scared the next week and she would have took the figure back. Nope, you can't have it now. Oh, man. yeah, yeah. You know, she's my mom was pretty smart about toys and stuff like that. When I was a kid. She would, like, when I was a little kid, when I got older, I kind of got onto this, but she would, like, when I had a bunch of toys and all, she would notice what toys I wasn't playing with anymore, and she would take those and put them in a bag and put them in her closet. Mm. And after, you know, after a while, and the the newer stuff that I had had gotten old, she'd do that every time, and then she like instead of going and taking me to buy new toys she put those old toys back out and i was like oh cool toys i haven't seen in forever this is awesome and it was like she just knew i was a dumb kid she knew it was up no i would have fell for it yeah i mean it was that's it but i started figuring it out sometimes around the time like star wars stuff started coming out yeah you're a little older than i am yeah yeah that's pretty cool yeah i hope horror movies can get back to how they used to be because it seems like the movies uh, there was first there was the trend of like all the saws and the hostels to where those weren't really to me scary movies those were gross movies like let's see how much we can push the envelope of just grossing people out which again cool stuff but i'm not scared and then i i just can't be a fan 
again, there's fans, and they can love it. I am not a fan of those paranormal activities. I sat and watched oh, one of them God. because, you know, they're like, oh, it's so scary. And just sit and watch this. And I'm sitting and I'm, like, bored watching these people. And it's, like, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be, you know, like, looking like real life, real cameras. And I'm like, all right, I'm about ready to fall asleep in this first 10 minutes. And then it goes to 30 to 40 to 50. And then they have a couple, <gasps> you know, moments where you're supposed to jump. And I'm like, this is boring the crap out of me. And I... Every time I see a paranormal activity when they're advertised, like, it's not my thing. Maybe uh, some in, people really love it, but... Mm. Insidious. Somebody told me that Insidious was the scariest movie ever made. And I'm like, alright, alright, okay. I saw that one little jump scare was in the it? trailer with the Darth Maul-looking dude behind the guy. <laughs> Have you seen Insidious? I haven't, <laughs> but I've been Darth. wanting to see it. Is it good? Is it worth it's it? It's horrible. Okay, so I shouldn't all right, like, see it. It, it starts off and and it's it's one of those movies where it's like it's like dating a crazy chick. Like everything is okay at first, and then little things start happening. It's like I'm dating a crazy chick. This movie is a crazy chick. Like you start off watching it, it's like oh this is really cool, man. This is awesome. Oh that was a good scare. Oh that was creepy. Okay okay okay. And then they call in the paranormal a- in uh, activity investigators or whatever in the in the movie, and they come in, and the whole movie then becomes like. A kung fu match between <laughs> Are you fucking this, kidding? this guy and well, it's not really kung fu. It's like it. it mm. I never saw it. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's awful. They just like, made it, a new one recently. Yeah, I know. I don't know how. I don't know how these movies keep getting made. Supposedly, like, it was like a big, big deal. You know, like, like is is Paranormal Activity on like its seventy fifth sequel now? Or? I don't know, but those. You know, it's weird. It makes you think of like. How when our parents talk, that you know, when they would see Friday the Thirteenth or Elm Street, and sometimes they'd say, "Oh, those ain't horror characters." I remember Frankenstein and Dracula, and now we're talking <laughs> like our parents. And then you know, everybody else is talking about paranormal activity and what's going to be next. You know, I wonder if it's just all generational. But you know, sometimes I don't think it is because we watch every type of horror and we can appreciate certain things. But mm-hmm. I just don't feel those paranormal mm-hmm. activities at all. They just—they're no. beyond me. They're just—they are. That new Evil Dead was scary as shit. I like that. That was yeah. That wasn't bad. It still had the yeah. feel of what we knew, but man, I can't get scared in Paranormal Activities. Those yeah, movies. Yeah. I just. Mm. I'm very I, picky about. Well, my I think a lot has to do with being an adult and seeing this stuff, as opposed to being when a kid. Because when you're a kid, you see this stuff. Everything's a, you know, you're you're more scared of this stuff. But you know, I saw if you saw Paranormal Activities when you were younger, you'd probably piss your pants. Sure, I sure. Can, I can I can still watch the thing and get the heebie-jeebies. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, there's something about body horror that yeah. still works. Uh, <coughs> a- 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 the first Alien, if you think about it, that's oh, a horror God. movie. You know, like it's not. It's not so much that we're scared by it; we're disturbed by those. Yeah. And I think that's all a horror movie can do anymore to us as adults is disturb us. Yeah. The last time that I actually like felt fear when I watched the movie, and you guys are probably going to laugh, but the last time I really felt fear watching a movie was in the theater watching um oh signs oh you know what had some scary moments it was there was the way it was done like that was when Shyamalan was still on his game like yeah. before he went off the deep end or whatever and yeah. started making movies about elevators that eat people um like was there a movie about an elevator eating people <laughs> well it killed people or something like that it was called devil i like um, wayward oh, pines I <laughs> I thought huh? Wayward Pines was good. 
The last movie I, that I, really I've, freaked me out was The Conjuring. That was scary. I haven't I haven't seen that one. Oh, you that's, would like that, Marsh. That scared the oh. shit out of me. Oh, cool. I was yeah, up I, for three days with the light on. Was it the <laughs> Clapping movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That was, that was good. good. Yeah, and then they made the Annabella, uh, kind of like a sequel, but in the sense, I heard that one was pretty bad, though. I didn't see it. it. It was done by different people. Mm-hmm. What? So what do you, what do you as a as a true horror aficionado? What do you think of the new Poltergeist? Have that you, shit looks stupid from the trailer, seen, in my opinion. Has yeah. anyone seen it? I don't want to see it. Yeah, no. exactly. Is like, it out? I, I don't plan to see it. The, the acting looks so horrible. The only and you know what I. The thing they told you about the the uh, the 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 twist in the commercial. That's it. That's it. Yep. Well, it's a remake though, so you already know the twist. No, but the new people don't know it. Yeah, but you know See, you'd figure most. That, why, did the do, thing. why did they do a remake? Why do I, they new fans? Yeah. yeah, I wish they would just do a whole different twist, or, or just maybe just like you said, call it another one. But when they try to remake and keep it almost as close as possible, it's like you think, okay, you know, get these new fans, even though like you think they're obsessed with seeing new stuff, have them rent the old one, appreciate it. But the people that grew up with it, like us, we already know the plot twist. Yeah, so but it you know, you know what happens if you change that? All of us are going to complain about it. But the point was. They they get they gave away the whole movie in the trailer, so why do I need to see it? Yeah, that does sound silly. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, just why re- why bother? You know, yeah. like, I could see Evil Dead being that they changed the story. Sam Raimi's still doing it, same director. I still uh, don't think it was good as part two. Well, it's what very now? different. The very new was, Evil Dead. It's very, I think it lost a little bit of creativity. I wouldn't um, even compare it to part about the, two. The remake or the not the remake, but the new one. Yeah, the new one. Yeah. I wouldn't compare I, it to part two. I think it's very different. Well, even if I compared it to part one, I thought it, it, it lacked creativity. Yeah, I I, 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 I didn't good. like the new Evil Dead movie. I liked it. I liked it, but like the kills were were scary and gross, and I had to look away at some points. But the yeah. thing I didn't like about it seemed like there was one demon in the house, and it was jumping from one character to another. Yeah. And if you look at the old movies, it seemed like there was thousands of demons haunting the characters. There was a yep. few demons, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was kind of, I was expecting that in this movie. And I did I know they did the little nods and I did appreciate the whole witchcraft thing in the beginning. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing where it was like it would just jump from character to character, I didn't I don't know, I didn't like that. I wanted more of part 1 and 2 in that movie. There were- the things that that bothers me about movies that are horror movies that are taking themselves serious. Now, a movie that's kind of goofy and all, like the slasher movies, and admit it, guys, we love them, but they're goofy. Um, they don't care about the inconsistencies. But that movie was like there was zero humor in that. No, it wasn't it supposed wasn't. to be humorous, though, right? It wasn't. What the new Evil, Evil Dead? Dead? Yeah, he was. No. He was trying to claim that that was the scariest movie of all time. Are you guys really excited for Ash versus Evil Dead? Oh, the new series is coming up. Yeah, stars. Yeah, I do want to see that because that's that's Evil Dead. Yeah, Evil Dead needs to have some humor to it. Yeah, like even the first Evil Dead movie was funny. It had unintentionally funny stuff in it, but it was funny. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but this I, that one I was just know. grim dark. Huh? Yeah, I, I didn't even know they were doing a, a series. I didn't know about this. Doesn't his brother have a lot of influence on what he does now? Just yeah. what now? Sam Raimi's brother? 
Yeah, didn't no, he, he just puts he, him? He just he just puts him in his movies. He yeah, he influence. puts him in a costume and slings him yeah, around. The room. I could have sworn that Sam Raimi wanted nothing to do with Venom, but his brother begged him to put Venom into it, and I was wondering what happened. The, to, the studio made him put Venom in. Yeah, I heard his brother. That's no, Hollywood, no. dude. I hadn't heard about the brother, but I know the yeah, studio. I, heard, I read an article that his brother begged him to put Venom in because he loved Venom. Maybe I don't know. I never heard that. I, I heard. The only thing I ever heard was the studio put pressure on him because he had sworn when he when he was making the first two, he was like, I will never put Venom in my movies. My movies are about classic Spider-Man. Yeah. And the studio pushed on him to put Venom in it. And Spider-Man 3 sucked butts. Suck major butts. <laughs> it couldn't have sucked any more than it did. No, no. That was doo-doo. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Big doo-doo. All right, uh, let's take a break. Uh, Joe Amato, thanks for coming on the show, man. Horror entrepreneur. Oh, I, I, yeah, when it comes to horror, I, I love just babbling about it as much as I can. You're an There's, expert. Well, um, not, I guess, on everything, just, you know, some particular <laughs> things I guess I really am passionate about, but I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I would love you to come back on What Geeks Do and, like, discuss... Maybe we should do like a whole horror episode. Like, oh this is wow, like, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, we could do a whole. Yeah, I, I'd definitely be down for that. And if you'd ever want to just uh, target any certain ones in particular, or just do a whole thing, maybe about Michael or Jason or Freddie or something, that could even be cool too. Because you could almost nonstop talk about those guys. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I agree, hundred yep. percent. Joe Motto, everyone. Thank, thank you, thank you. Yes. All right, we'll be right back after these messages. Few can imagine they're from another world. Mighty robots disguised as mighty vehicles. You can pretend only you and the friendly robots can save the Earth from the enemy robots. You're trapped, Turbo. Leader went to the rescue. They hide among us as earthly vehicles, but you can change them into robots, each sold separately. Hey, this they go. Now who's trapped? <laughs> GoBots. Leader One, Turbo, and Cycle, each sold separately. New from Tonka. Welcome back to episode seven of What Geeks Do. I'm No Job Rob, and this is my co-host Pizza. And M- Monster Forge Mars is here again. Rawr. Monster Forge Mars, Charles. I want to personally thank you, and I haven't thanked you online because I wanted to personally thank you on the show for helping out with the website and doing all that you've done for our show. Oh, well, I'm just. Adding when I see stuff. Oh man, the website's looking real good, and I know like you've been on top of that and everything, and like, uh, oh crap, uh, Pizza's been doing it. Pizza's been doing. Pizza's <laughs> actually, been when t- you say website, Zolo did the website. Oh, Marsh. see, I haven't, I haven't done anything. All I've been doing is adding posts to the Facebook thing. Yo, but... you've been helping out big time though. Well, with the posts and. Whatnot. I'll just correct that. Zolo, <laughs> Zolo hears that he's going to feel unappreciated that he said that he had nothing to do with that. <laughs> Zolo is the man too. So like we got a lot of pe- lot of strong people helping mm-hmm. us out here, and I th- I feel very privileged to have uh you know Charles Monster Ford's Marsh and uh Zolo and Zolo World and everything helping us out, and even Joe Amato coming on our show. Mm-hmm. It's huge, you yep. know. What geese do, you know. It's a good time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, sure is. And, uh, you know, thanks for everything, Charles. Oh, you're welcome. You know, we, we appreciate it over Look, here. I, I have as much fun as you have looking at it, so. Yeah, it's fun to listen to. 
That page is fun. I love going on that during the day and seeing what you guys post. Yeah, and, I do too. And... It is so fun. It's almost like, you know, like, uh, so much. I don't even. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, it's just like a lot of negativity and stuff when you go on Facebook sometimes. And it's like, Amen. what geeks do when you when you hop on that? It's like, all right. It's like you get away from that. You know what I mean? Like, it's a little escape. I barely go into my regular feed anymore. I just go straight to that page if I want to look at stuff. Yeah. Or the What Geeks Do feed is is pretty exciting, too, with all the pages we follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all doing great jobs on this. It's really cool. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so, hey, did uh, you guys watch the fans uh, tutorial of uh, the bombshell figure? I forget what name he's, he's supposed to be called. The uh, grand, grenade, Grenadier. Grenadier. Uh-huh. My friend kept calling him Grenader, and that made no. sense to me because he shoots it's... out like grenade bombs. Well, out that's, of his... what a, that's what a Grenadier does. A Grenadier is a person that deals with um, projectile. Oh, I didn't know that. Explosives. I guess yeah. I guess he was just pronouncing it wrong yeah. when he was telling me because I never looked at the name until just recently. You don't, you don't remember Destro's Iron Grenadiers from G.I. Joe? No. The red ones? No, that was the Crimson Guard. The Grenadiers were the dudes that were like, they wore black, all black outfits, and it was like leather, and they had a helmet with like a crest that came back in the back. They were kind of like a stormtrooper. They looked like a cross between Darth Vader and a Nazi outfit. I don't remember those characters. Yeah, no, those Iron Grenadiers. Either. I would like to see that. Can you send me that? Hold on. I would like to see that, because I really don't. I, I, I thought like I would, I would know that, but I don't. Maybe oh, when I see him, when I see I him, I know what he looks like. They're gold too, right? Yeah, yeah they're gold. black and gold. I, you know, what's so funny is that was the first purchase I made at that drugstore down the street from my house when I found really? out that they they had GI Joes. Mm-hmm. Because I had every single character that was already there, and there was one figure that I never seen before, and I bought that. Remember, I bought him home one day. He was all black. And he he did he looked he looked kind of like Darth Vader and like he had some black yeah, see, and gold it, trim. It, it was like, like Darth Vader and a Nazi had a love child. I yeah, like I remember that. I feel like I do Hold remember on. that character. I'm about to show you both the card art and the I think actual it made fun action. of you for having that character at one point. It's I'm posting it right now onto the What Geeks Do Facebook page because I think you thought it was Darth Vader, and I was like, "That's not Darth Vader." You know? no, you're making that up. <laughs> I think that's what happened. <laughs> You're making that up. No, I'm not. I think that's really what happened. All right, it's tempting right now to publish it. I don't know what's going. Oh, here it is. All right, check the check the Facebook page. All right, I would like to see that. Yeah, they were cool. I I loved mine when I was a kid. Yeah, I really don't remember that. Oh yeah, yeah, he looks great. I saw the review. It looks tight, like a tight figure. He out of the out of the um, Insecticons. Uh, I I think he looks the best, even though my favorite Insecticon is Kickback. Yes. Uh, the fan the fans toys Kickback is to me it's a little too skinny, but that's just me. But that Grenadier is dead on. You know like, what? He is so good. Looking at him now, I do remember him because of that dumbass sword. I don't. I just was <laughs> never really a big fan of this guy. I loved them. I, just I feel the like they were Grenadier. trying too hard, you know. It was one of the reasons why I liked the Iron Grenadier was because of um, 
they did that Destro like that, the Iron Grenadier Destro, mm-hmm. and he was he had he wore an all black leather outfit and he had a red cape over one shoulder and his mask was gold. Yeah. I remember Pizza brought this dumbass character home. I was like, what is this corny shit? I was like, you got ripped off. That shit looks dumb. You're talking about the Iron Grenadier? <laughs> That's, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan, yeah. <laughs> I love that figure. So uh, I heard the, uh, <clears throat> not to skip above, but Fantastic Four, man. Uh-huh. Oh, so re- the reviews are out. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got something to share. All right, let's hear it. I mean, I honestly, personally, I didn't think it was going to be good, but the reviews. I thought you said you couldn't wait to see that movie. I never said that. I think he said that. Uh, we can go back. To, I, I, I could replay the episodes. I never said that. I think he said that. I said that was stupid. They didn't have undies on. I said Dr. Doom looks like shit, uh, but I never liked that now. I, I think I, you I, said I, you didn't even notice he didn't have undies on. I didn't yeah. at first, but I didn't say the movie looked good. He was all like, yeah, I, I definitely want to go see the thing run around and look like a giant mountain. <laughs> I want to see rock cock all over my face. So, like, all right, so the movie came out. Did it come out yet? I don't uh, know. I, I don't know if it came out yet, but I, I'm just, I'll, I'll read you this. This is a, a post on Twitter from uh, Nerdpocalypse, and it says, at the Fantastic Four screening, are saying that he's at the Fantastic Four screening, and Fox is passing out a survey to decide what to do with the franchise. Mm. That's not a good thing. Mm. All right, first of all, Fox puts an embargo or, or a, a ban on people posting reviews of the Fantastic Four movie. I heard about so, that. So, like, the people that went, that were given the, the pre-screening of the movie and all, yeah. um, they were not allowed to write about their thoughts about the movie right there that makes me nervous yeah. yeah and and then the next thing is um well didn't wasn't there a post didn't somebody post on here on the on the what geeks do page earlier pizza uh, about the the ratings for oh um, yeah that the uh batman was it batman returns was it was, it was, had batman, a higher rating it was, it was than, batman and robin which oh, was batman way and robin. worse than <laughs> anything ever made <laughs> that's garbage bat nipples yeah. yeah with uh, see the only problem i saw with uh fantastic four was the design of thing looked stupid and the design of dr doom looked stupid everything else looked like it was kind of like okay let's see what they're gonna do with this oh here's here's the thing like the movie looks like a really fun movie it doesn't look like a fantastic four movie yeah agreed it doesn't feel fantastic four at all yeah, it definitely seems like it was being more edgier and grittier and yeah but i was open to it like I said, the, the the thing, the animation look. His design was complete bullshit. His eyes look like the stupid fucking turtles, and it, you know, no pants on. Like that's just weird. weird. And well, then the, the Doctor Doom, it's like, can't you just put fucking metal on that dude? How hard is it? Wrong with oh, those motherfuckers? No. How come it's, they can't get well, Doctor Doom? Well, here's the thing, Doctor Doom. Unless stuff has changed since the last time I read the synopsis of of what was supposed to be in a movie, Doctor Doom is a hacker. Like an internet hacker. Okay. See, and, I heard and he this, was from a different dimension, and they accidentally uh, went into that dimension when they went through that space portal, and that's who came out of it with them. Well, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. It might be like, great. I, I, if it wasn't Fantastic Four, 
it would probably be a decent movie. That's what I'm saying. Like the, the Doctor Doom design doesn't look particularly bad. It just looks particularly bad for Doctor Doom. Because it's not Doctor Doom. Would you guys pay the money to go see a movie that was just like an original movie that looked like that though? Yeah, it doesn't uh, look that bad. I would I really maybe. wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd, I'd have to have some like I said, I'm I'm really picky about what I go see, so Yeah. You well, know, yeah, I, I, would, I don't know if I would, I would see it in the theaters. I don't see anything in the theaters anymore, but I would watch that movie if it was an original film, you know, and the thing wasn't in it. Yeah. It looks like That's hard to maybe, say because you got maybe. Human Torch flying around. You got, you know, it's it would that would be hard to say. You can't really say that. I would say if they fixed the thing and if they made Doctor Doom look like Doctor Doom and maybe twist up the plot a little bit different, that wouldn't be half bad. I didn't mind the grittiness and I didn't mind the seriousness of it all. Yeah, I, I minded it a lot because to me, like, all right, I know that, I know that, Pizza, you've said before you don't like the the bright happiness of the Marvel movies and the funniness of it and all. But if any Marvel property needs to be kind of bright and you know out there it needs to be the fantastic, fantastic four, four because that's yeah. Yeah. The honestly world. if i was doing a fantastic four movie it would it would be bright it would be straight yeah. up like star trek yeah like exactly. that it would be very campy that's like, just me yeah that's, that's how the, i see fantastic four is campy but see, isn't I, that kind of what they did with the first one no, the first one was no, like first one was like see that. i always think of fantastic four like gilgan's island for some reason <laughs> like the, the like the Mr. Fantastic should be a brainy brawny dude. Yeah. Stop making Mr. Fantastic this nerdy fucking guy just because he's smart. Like you know him. he doesn't have to be this skinny dude just because he's got brains. Like Big dudes skinny. can have brains yeah, too. I, I like him skinny. I like him skinny. I mean, I like him being fit. I don't. I don't want him to be big and beefy. Yeah. Like the the, the the artist that huh? The original Mr. Fantastic had he was like a lady killer. Like he could get girls. Originally, yeah. Originally, his body was pretty, you know, like he worked out. Well, yeah. Kirby hardly ever drew anybody that wasn't beefy. Well, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't have a problem with Kirby. I'm just saying, you know, I don't. I he drew him bigger than uh, Human Torch. Hmm. Yeah, he did. Yeah. No. I think I the thing about the thing stereotype. about Pete, though, you guys want to talk Pete, about cliches. Skinny no, no, no. And, and nerdy go together. That's cliche to me. Who? You know, if you're saying like skinny and nerd dude, that goes together. Like that's Here's like the, the thing. That's why I just started to correct myself with that before you started talking. Um, it's I I I get looking back at it now with the way Kirby drew him and all. Yeah, you're right. He he was kind of a big dude. But the thing is, Reed has never been portrayed as like a lady killer. Reed has always been like so obsessed with science he didn't know what was going on. You know like, what it is? I think it's more of like if that Fantastic Four was done back in the the forties, a lady killer actor would be playing him. I guess that's oh, what Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Well, I mean, that's like the professor on Gilligan's Island. He was yeah. a nerdy dude and all, but the guy who played the professor was a handsome guy. Yeah, yeah that's why like, I referenced that. I felt yeah, like that's a if, good point. If, that's a great. If point. I was going to cast Mr. Fantastic, it would be that dude. Yeah. Oh, that's the way I have always pictured Mr. Fantastic as being the professor from yeah uh, from Gilligan's <laughs> Island. Awesome. <laughs> but but no, I mean like that's definitely a movie that could use that lighter-hearted Marvel treatment that they've done. Yo, I come mean, to think of it. 
How come they haven't redone Gilligan's Island? <laughs> they they do everything else, right? Is there I a think there was, if I'm not mistaken, there was an attempt to do that a mm-hmm. while back, and mm-hmm. it didn't. I don't. I think, think it that ever, generation is kind of like, yeah, you know, over it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Most That's people you that you think. talk to now, like the, the the target audience now for for movie tickets and all, are like they're younger than us now. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I'm and, right. Yeah, they have no idea what Gilligan's Island is because that generation is scared to death to look at TV land on TV. They think that their minds are going to implode if they look at TV land. Uh, so They have no problem looking at their iPhones. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> their minds are imploding as we speak. Amen. <laughs> Mine just uh, feels like it's imploding all the time. It's yeah. So yeah, that's pretty crazy shit. So I heard it flopped. I heard it got really bad reviews. I heard the movie sucked balls. Yeah, I think it. I think on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it had like a super low. It was like um, uh, Batman and Robin had an eleven, yeah. and it had a ten. Yeah. <laughs> that was the big thing, is because it was worse than that. And let me tell it you can't what, be worse you, than that new Ninja Turtle movie. Oh, ooh. Oh, I'd rather eat poop than watch that movie again. That was doo-doo. It was big doo-doo. That was. I read that from the uh, library just to check it out. Mm-hmm. Big mistake. I That's what know. I did, too. I got I got it. Like Our library, it came in at the library, mm-hmm. and I, I checked it out. Like That's the thing. Like if, if your movie is bad enough for me to go to the library and get it just to see because I won't pay to actually watch it, it's I'll a bad movie. I will not movie. pay for that shit. Yeah, no. And they're making another one. Yep. So now, are they going to do a here's sequel? Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. The other one that they're doing now, it looks more money than the first one did. That's Have only because seen? Bebop and Rocksteady look like the real characters. They're from yes. mistakes, maybe. I don't know. Learn but the, the Ninja Turtles still look like ass. Yeah, they do. They look like... Yeah. So it's kind of like, you're just going to watch that just to watch those two characters. And oh, then- I'm, I'm not going to watch it at all until it... Is free because I'm yeah. not paying Michael Bay <laughs> any more money. I ain't paying that shit. I'm not paying him any more money. I just wish the turtles were short. I like them short. Well, I like them. I like consistency in the movie because, like, they're all of a sudden are bulletproof, but they're scared to death of a blade. <laughs> like, how big are you going to make Bebop and Rock steady to compare to the giants of the turtles that they are already? Oh, they're going to make them massive. You watch. They're going to be like, cause that's all Michael Bay understands. He's like, oh, loud noises, boom, crash, rah, good movie. You know, like, it, that's all he can understand. And so, like, they make the turtles like the Hulk. Raphael looked like the Hulk. Dumb fucker. They should like just the have him come on and do the action scenes because he's great at that. He looked like the abomination. Like, that's fucking bullshit, man. I he's agree. great at action scenes and stuff like that. But when it comes to writing the actual plot and design, oh. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't write anything. He's like they have writers shit, writing man. these movies. He's been comes over this, <laughs> and and I don't think Bay so, uh, didn't actually direct the Turtles movie, but he was in charge of the production. It's not even that the writing is that bad. It's the visuals are fucking garbage. The writing was really bad. In the Ninja writing Turtles. is shit. But I'm saying <laughs> the visuals are just as much shit, and yeah. it's almost like, all right, Michael Bay, man. 
just fucking read some comics and like you know delve into yeah. the fucking geek world. Maybe well, it wouldn't be well, such an asshole if you here, did. Here's the thing that that gets me more than anything else about this Ninja Turtle movie. Mm. Okay, um, the one person that you think would be the voice of reason in all of this would be Kevin Eastman, one of the original creators of the Ninja Turtles. Say, yeah, yeah. He. When it when he was asked what he thought of it, oh man, this thing looks great. This looks awesome. It's got my seal of approval. Which is shocking to me, huh? It's shocking to me because Kevin Eastman is. Oh, it's not shocking to me. That dude will he'd sell his mother's blood for money. But he is a true geek, you know. (sighs) He really does like. uh, There was a a documentary that came out called The Independence, right? Have you ever seen this? Mm-mm, no. All right. So it's basically based on like independence, uh, the upcoming of independence, like the turtles and like that kind of stuff in that mm-hmm. time period. Yeah. He was in this documentary and just the way he was speaking, you knew he was a true geek. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's just like, he knew the history. You know, he talked about Fire Nice. He talked about like all the classics and like he talked about when he met uh, a big executive at, at Hollywood. I forget what company. But he was like, how how can you even make a movie? You're not a geek, you know? Like, he seemed like a true geek. So that's kind of yeah. like, that's kind of intriguing to me that, that he was behind yeah. this shit fucking movie. Yeah, it disappointed me because, like, I had, I had looked and read the synopsis of what the movie was supposed to be. And then I was looking around seeing what, you know, like, I want to, I like, I like um, Peter Laird better anyway yeah. he he's always just seemed to be just like he's a more humble guy he's more like down to earth he he and kevin eastman don't talk anymore i know because yeah. they had some kind of falling out years ago and um uh he i don't think he has much nice to say about the movie at all but anyway i was looking to see what their reactions to the movie would be and that's when i found that where he was like oh yeah it's great i'm shocked i really am i'm i wasn't too shocked at that point because he's 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 done some other stuff over the years it's kind of like "Eh." yeah i don't know about the other stuff but man that's bullshit yeah he he one thing that was cool was he bought heavy metal magazine but then he kind of changed heavy metal magazine while he was there he like runs that shit right yeah he Mm -hmm. runs it now i don't know if he still runs it he did for a while sure he does yeah maybe but it changed like the flavor of heavy metal magazine changed it's less like really good stories and more like well i think we said this before somewhere it's like shock value type stuff i stopped reading heavy metal when i was in i don't know like teenage 14 or 15 years old i stopped Mm -hmm. following heavy metal yeah but i don't know i just assumed it was the same shit you know yeah kind of where could you get heavy metal could you just buy that anywhere or was that only in the comic book shops um well at at one point you could get it on any magazine rack barnes and noble yeah huh no i thought oh i thought you meant you were following it when you were a kid oh yeah it was at Barnes and Noble, he- heavy metal was you could find it. Like when we were a kid, you could find it in our libraries and stuff. That's crazy. Yeah, oh, sure. yeah. yeah. Like I, the, we used to like the only place you could find heavy metal when I was coming up was like at gas stations, like oh. in the like in the, on the magazine rack and all. But later on, as the magazine, yeah, I don't remember more, seeing it that much. As the magazine got more and more like risque and doing you know more edgy type stuff. 
they they would put it back where the porno stuff was. Yeah, I remember coming up, man. I swear it was in even the elementary school. I remember seeing heavy metal in our libraries and shit and being into it. Oh, if they had put something like that in a library down here, it'd be like a witch hunt. Oh, yeah. I would go to the library where I grew up and I would fucking get heavy metal magazines. I was into that shit. I, I always was fascinated by the covers. And that's what, mm-hmm. what caught me, you know? Oh, the covers on those were insane. Yeah, that's what like, got If you me. ever want to have a good time, just go online and look at some of the archives people have of the covers for heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. They good. were insane. Good shit. And they rarely ever depicted anything that happened in the book. It was just like this general crazy sci-fi picture. Yeah. Yeah, I miss that. Mm-hmm. They don't make them like they used to. What are magazines now? I mean, are they even good anymore? What good magazines? Do they have hard magazines? I think Fangora is still around. Still I think, around? I think Thrashing and Serpent still around. I think uh, Toy Insider still around. And yeah, some sci-fi toy, and horror magazines toy fair, are still around. Toy Fair magazine and Wizard magazine are gone. Oh, Wizard's are? gone, huh? Well, when did Wizard go out? A few years 90s, ago. Right? Like, they they went to online thing and they were they were like oh we'll get people to subscribe to us I don't think that project mm-hmm. went too well no nah. because you can go anywhere and get the news and and honestly like I noticed like as Wizard got more and more powerful the guys that actually worked at Wizard just became more and more like arrogant like they they I don't know like the way they answered letters and stuff like that it was just kind of snarky and nasty and. I don't know. It's like I lost interest in Wizard Magazine because it became like, oh, let's talk about what Image Comics is doing this month. Yeah. Back in the, oh, I mean, what year was that, though? We're that going was, back. That was up until like <laughs> not too long before they got kicked out. I mean, really? but Image, Image has gotten better. Yeah. But like, I remember back in the day, like when, well, I mean, Image really started not too long after Wizard started. Yeah. Because they and, were covering all and that And they were stuff. banking on Image, too. Oh, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. Wow, Image yeah, did every, get a lot better. Every cover had an Image character yep. on mm-hmm. Just about. And image if it wasn't Image, it was Wolverine. Yeah, drawn by Sam Keith from Image. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of I'm Sam like, Keith. Yeah. <laughs> how about the Max, man? You oh, remember man. that shit? Yes. I'm surprised they didn't make a movie of that at one point. Well, they made a TV series. Remember MTV Oddities? Oh, yeah. You guys watched that? Oh, I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That was a great show. They had the head and they had the max and there was like something else. I've been Wasn't there a TV show called The Oddities? Well, there's a later later on. There's a show that comes on still on the Science Network or Science Channel and it's called Oddities and it's about a shop in New York that's like a curiosity shop where they have all kind of stuff like mummified hands and crazy torture devices and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's called oddities because the people that come into the show are just as odd as the stuff they buy. It's a great show. If you ever get a chance to watch it, but no, the um, oddities MTV's oddities was like, it was a show and it was broken up into, you know, I, I seem to think, I seem to remember there being three different things. But all I can find when I look for it is the head and the max. That's all I remember, but I know there was three. Yeah, there probably was. And I love the head and I love the max. Yeah. 
Love I, it. I was more a fan of the Max than anything else because I, I was reading the comic book at the time. I have a Max tattoo. Really? Yeah. So you really did like the Max. I, I love Sam Keith still to this day. I follow Sam Keith. Uh, he has a blog called Trout Verse. Trout Averse. Check it out, man. He is it's called what now? Trout Averse. Trout Averse. Yeah. Huh. Just look up Sam Keith's blog. It will pop okay. up. You'll see That's it. Cool. I have a Max tattoo, and it has Mr. Gone uh, Tribal Mask on the back of my elbow, and it has the Leopard oh. Queen, uh, the Jungle Queen on my uh, lower arm. Oh, nice. So I have a whole <laughs> scene of the Max. That's how much I love the Max. Yeah. Yeah, I have tattoos of the Max. Yeah. That was that was a really <laughs> tough comic book to figure out at first. Mm. And, and it just got weirder and weirder as it went. <laughs> I have the Max. I'm looking at the Max right now. The Wizard World, the Max exclusive signed uh, certificate authenticity from uh, like 19, I don't know, 94 or something from a Comic-Con sitting on my shelf in a fold-out. On top of that, I have the, Ma- the Max uh, 3D episode, uh, or I mean issue one in 3D, and the glasses come with it, and you can look at it in 3D as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I have a lot of Sam Keith. I have uh, the uh, Sam Keith series, The Snatch series that came out mm-hmm. that was about the werewolf and batman yep. actually made an appearance i have all sam keith's batman lobo oh have, nice yeah i have his, uh, a few of the marvel presents that sam keith was doing back then remember cyber cyber that was an image thing right no it's the character that fought wolverine at oh sam yeah he had the adamantium claw or hands or whatever like his arms yeah. were adamantium I used to love those Sam Keith books. Yeah, that's right. Sam Keith did draw he did, that. Dude. He did Cable. Remember when he did the Cable cover? Marvel Comics Presents. He did a lot of great. He did the Incredible Hulk. I like Sam Keith. Remember when he drew the Incredible Hulk? Oh yeah, I've got a couple of those. Yeah, man. Sam well, so was what was the Max? Was he was Max basically a lunatic? In a sense. That's yeah. That's that's the. <laughs> The theory is that, you know, he was, he was, it, the whole thing is like, wasn't her name Julie? Julie the Winters. Girl? Yeah, Julie Winters. All right. Wasn't all of this like a product of her being abused as a child? Uh, yeah, in a sense, it was a little bit of both their traumas. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he was a homeless guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she kind of took him in. But yeah, it had a lot to do with Julie. Yeah. It kind of looked like a hooker. Yeah, it had a lot to do with Julie, uh, and it also expanded on other characters um, mm-hmm. within the story. You know, yep. like Mister Gone. I mean, he was a very important character. Yeah, in the story. Um, and then uh, what's her name? Uh, the young Sarah? girl, Sarah. Yes, yeah. Sarah. She was an important. It was character. very different from what everybody else was doing at Image. Oh heck yeah! That's that's it right there. It was so different. It was like like everybody else went to Image from Marvel, and every one of their characters, every one of their characters was a character from Marvel exactly. or a hodgepodge yes. of characters from Marvel. Yes. And Sam Keith came over and said, look at this, and just blew people's minds. Fuck he yeah. He was writing some heady stuff. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You know Sam Keith? He, I mean, he's like a college professor. Like, that dude teaches, like, school. Now, did uh, correct me. All right, did... Did Sam Keith write the Max, or did he yeah. just draw it? No, he wrote and and drew everything okay. he's ever done, 
except for um, there was one thing that he just recently did. Uh, I have it, but I have to look. I have to look it in my box to get it. I'm not going to do it now. But uh, he wrote with uh, I forget the guy's name. He just wrote a thing there. Uh, it's a short series, but like besides that, he's drawn and wrote almost. I'd be yeah. He's drawn and wrote everything he's done. Everything. Uh, well, I don't. I'm. I don't want to bust your bubble on that one. But no, what, 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 I was just looking. I I looked it up and like he wrote it along with, um, William Messner Loeb. That's oh what the I Max. Remember. Yeah, the Max. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and Alan Moore Loose, loosely stuff. Yeah, like yeah. I'm. I'm thinking it's just like helping him kind of round out the rough edges because, you know, he he didn't come into comic books as a comic book writer like but, i think he came in as an artist yeah right? but he it was yeah he drew the first sandman uh but it was his creation yeah yeah oh it was definitely his like he's listed as the creator and yeah all. But i mean I, were, it seems like i remember seeing another name attached to the max so that's that's what it was it was william right. messner Lowell's. yeah yeah but yeah, uh yeah he was the yeah. artist in the, the first first ever neil gaiman sandman First, what five issues? That's right, he did. I yeah. remember that because mm-hmm. he's the one that kind of developed that look of the Sandman with that mask. Exactly. Oh man, that was such a great comic book. Mm-hmm. That's one. Man. If you ever get started on it, it's hard to stop. Neil Gaiman's uh, the Sandman is great. I, I've read some different uh, paperbacks. I love, I mm-hmm. love the Sandman shit, man. It's really good. I was trying to get Pete into some Sandman recently, man, because he's been reading a lot of the Hellboy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying like it's very similar, not not having to do with just Hell, but like uh, read a game of you. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, what else has uh, Gaiman done? That's uh, more of like superheroes. Do what now? Not much superhero wise. <laughs> oh, he what? hasn't. No. What now? Neil Gaiman. What else has he done superhero wise? Oh, he's he's done some superhero stuff. He did that sixteen. 16- was it sixteen oh two or whatever? The oh, one? oh, that was that? great. Yeah, that's good. Did you that's read that? You read that, right? With like the Marvel characters back in the sixteen hundreds. Honestly, I read that going in thinking, ah, oh, I'll probably like it. I it's, loved it. Yeah, I like Daredevil really on that. Huh? Daredevil, yeah. I thought Daredevil was pretty cool on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I liked it. Still, I like Captain America. Yeah, the whole way, like at the end, like Peter Parker, like. With the spider, everything like it was just so good, and like I know they're redoing that right now, or not like branching off of that right now. But it's something I feel it shouldn't be touched, you know. What oh, if Neil Gaiman was doing it himself? You think? Yeah, I don't know. Just leave it alone. It's almost like the Watchmen. Oh man, don't even get me started on that. Crap. Before Watchmen, like leave it alone. What, does, you... does Darwin Cook uh, write to all that? I no. What now? Not at all. Oh, he doesn't. Oh, because I know he did all the covers for it. No, he doesn't write any of that. I don't. No. I don't know. I don't know who's writing it, but whoever's writing it, I would like them to stop writing it because just it's, leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, it's it's to me like the whole point of the Watchmen was okay. They learned their lesson. They're not going to do anything else, and then they're doing like sequel stuff and they're doing prequel stuff, and it's like Alan Moore wrote what he had to write Mm -hmm. he wanted it left alone but the problem is when you work for a company and you make characters for a company they can do whatever they want with it 
That's why Alan Moore hates all them motherfuckers because yeah. he's like. But I mean, here's the thing, dude. Alan Moore knew what he was getting into when he wrote that stuff. Like True. he was writing for DC. Yeah, he created yeah. characters for DC. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so, and he loved I mean, I, writing I for only... DC too. He even loved writing like the DC characters. But mm-hmm. there comes a point where it's like, come on, dudes, are you that fucking dry? Like, come up with something new. Stop fucking feeding off the coattails of Alan Moore. Like, silly. Is what it beca- is it called Before Watchmen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says uh, Darwin Cook was the writer and artist of Before Watchmen. He was writing that shit. Yeah. He's a good writer. He is a good writer. He's which... a good writer and all, but it's like... So, if we, did, did we, any of us read that? I never huh? read it. I wouldn't give it a time of day. Yeah, I can't I don't really. care who I, the fuck to, wrote to it. Me, to me, the Watchmen story has been told. Yeah. I mean, if, if somebody wants to read it and they like it, that's their deal. Mm. That's like, if somebody wants to go huff gasoline until their head explodes, that's <laughs> their deal. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. I'm with you. I wouldn't give it the time of day. Yeah. Leave it alone. That's like almost like it's the same thing as like writing like a V for Vendetta from, you know, Alan Moore. It's like Oh yeah. Why would you even do that? You know? Like are you are you that it makes me feel like they're just more pathetic than they actually appear to be. Does that make sense? (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like they suck so bad. (laughs) They could suck anymore. (laughs) Well, all right, so all right. Speaking of Alan Moore, what's you guys' favorite Alan Moore comic book ever? Uh, it's either V for Vendetta or Watchmen. Yeah. I was in a certain state of mind when I read V for Vendetta, so it it, it really tapped into what I was feeling at the time. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, the Watchmen is the Watchmen, so it's those two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, um. Pizza, you probably know of an Alan Moore story that you might not even know that Alan Moore wrote it. It was they adapted it as an episode of um, Justice uh, Superman or Justice League. Justice League, and it was the the um, for the man who has everything. We were just if talking you... about this recently. It's funny you brought that up. Oh, really? You guys yeah. were talking about? It? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. He never read the Alan Moore story, but he knows the story. Yeah, it's the one where all right, was it was it episode of JLA or was it Superman? It was JLA. Okay, it's the episode where it's Batman and Wonder Woman, I think. Yeah, but in the they, book, Robin was there. Yeah, Robin. Oh, was okay, there. I know what you're talking about. Yes, and they go to give a gift to Superman or whatever. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, the whole thing is a plot by um. Mongo. Uh, Mongol? Is yeah, that, yeah Mongol, Mongol. The big yellow and purple dude. Badass, it's Mickey. such a good story. So good. And they did a good job adapting it, too. They did a really good job. Even though Robin wasn't in it, in the yeah. book, Robin is the actual character who kind of saves the day, in a sense, mm-hmm. if you look at yeah. it. Obviously, yep. Batman saves the day, because he always does, but... Robin was the guy who ultimately saves the day in that story, which mm-hmm. is cool because that's the kind of shit Alan Moore would do. Um, and he's the one that, that throws this plant-like thing at yeah. Mongol, you know? Yep. In the in the, in the the uh, cartoon, they didn't have Robin. Right. It was, uh, I think it was Batman who actually threw that. Or maybe Superman just beat the fuck out of Mongols. That, that might have been I'm what happened. I'm looking right now to see what happened. 
Um, I think Superman might have just kicked the shit out of him and sent him into his his world without his box. I think that might have been it. But uh, how about have you read a lot of the DC um, Alan Moore stories? Have Real you re- quick before we go into that, and I remember like Wonder Woman had to fight Mongrel and was like almost about to die. She got her oh, ass whooped. Yeah. While while Batman was trying to convince Superman to come back. That's right? right. That's the way it happened. Now, how did it go in the book? Was Robin trying to uh get, was Robin getting his ass no. kicked? No, Robin, like, it was Wonder Robin Woman. Gets a hold of the. Uh, it was. Black. So Batman wasn't even in it. No, he was in it. What well, everyone was in it except. Robin was the only other character that was in it that wasn't in the cartoon. Yeah. Okay, so what was his part in that? Basically, he just hung around until Batman finally got that thing off of Superman's chest. Then it took over Batman, and then Robin took uh, Mongol's glove Yep. and like was able to get this thing off of Batman, and he threw it on Mongol, and that's how he saved the day. Yep. Uh yeah. So it was kind of like, it was kind of like a team thing because they all had some part in working out. Which one did out. you enjoy better? Huh? The Alan Moore story, personally. I mean, I love the cartoon. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, love yeah. it. Well, but I mean, the Alan Moore story, story, the story could go into more because, like, all the stuff that was happening in that, um, like the other world that that plant thing was causing them to have, they could go more into what was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, in in their individual little fantasy worlds. Another great story is Mo- uh, Mogo doesn't socialize. You ever read that? The Green Lantern story? Mm-mm. Oh, you would love it, Charles. Like, check it out. It's called Mogo doesn't socialize. It's all, you know who Mogo is from Green Lantern Corps? He's, which Mogo is the oh. Green Lantern that's like a planet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Read the story written by Alan Moore about Mogo. It's very short out. and fucking awesome. Is that the one where uh, another Green Lantern is called to the planet? No, it's when this bounty hunter who is like taking out everybody who uh, like in his path, he decides to challenge Mogo. So he goes looking for him because it's said that Mogo like is in this place. But it's turned. I mean, out- I'm like shit himself, right? Oh yeah, totally. He shit himself. Yeah, I, I read that story. That was really good. That was one of the backup stories in the Sinestro War. He took off like a bat out of fucking hell, man. Like it was. Like, yeah. Check that out. He messed with his mind. Yeah, that's that's crazy. The only DC can pull some shit like that. A fucking planet being a Green Lantern. Oh, it's so good. That was one uh, Alan Moore story that was written early Alan Moore. You know what's funny is I'm a huge Alan Moore fan, but I have not read the Swamp Things yet. Is that weird? Whoa, really? Yeah, yeah I have to. I mean, oh, I have to get dude, it. Yeah. I've been planning that, on getting into them. Yeah. Now I'm I'm all about the early Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. like when Lynn Wayne and uh, Bernie Wrights, and like that's my favorite Swamp Thing because that's the original Swamp Thing. I love Bernie Wrightson's artwork. I love the kind of horror feel of it. Yeah. But when Alan Moore was writing Swamp Thing, holy crap. It was insane. I feel like an asshole. We've <laughs> <laughs> not gotten that yet. Yeah. I feel like such I, a dick. Yeah. Alan Moore's the man. So what was your favorite Alan Moore story? Who, me? Yeah. That was the, the, the um for the man who has everything. <laughs> oh, That's that right. was your favorite one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. How about you, uh, Pizza? 
Uh, I don't know. I guess I haven't really read much, so I guess the one I read was the Planet one. So I guess that one would be mine. You read? Well, you read Watchmen, right? Um, no, I didn't. I read a few. I honestly, I couldn't get into V for Vendetta or Watchmen. It just wasn't for me. I think it was the artwork that made me not really get, get into it. See, with me with the with comics, I have to. If the artwork doesn't hold me. Then I can't get into the story. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> David Gibbons is great, man. He, yeah, I like he Gibbons. did the Mogo story too. Mm-hmm. That's what yep. was really fucking cool. Yeah, you know, I like seeing them work together. You would like it. I have uh, DC's uh, best Alan Moore, or or like the the world of Alan Moore in DC or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's like a paperback that has all the stories. There's a little like Green Arrow story in there that's pretty good. Like they, they, he's done some good stuff, you know. Gibbons is just a good meat and potatoes artist. Yeah, like you yeah. know, he just draws good, solid, you know, storytelling stuff. Sequential and it's not art. flashy. It's yeah. not flashy at all. Yeah. It's, there's there's nothing flashy about his stuff. But if if you sit down and look at Watchmen and look at the way he laid things out. Mm-hmm. Like each issue has something about it that is unique in the layout, like the way he laid out panels and stuff like that. Like for instance, there's the the issue of Watchmen, the one about uh, Rorschach, where Rorschach gets caught up with and all that. Yeah. Um, I think the the ep- I think I think the issue's name is Mirrors. I don't remember. If you look at the last page of the book and the front page of the book, the the panels are mirrored and every page all the way till the middle of the book is mirrored of each other. And like when you, get, when you get to the middle of the book, it's like an open panel in the middle, like a spread yeah. and the panels are exact opposites of each other on each side. It's fucking nuts, right? Yeah. It's crazy. Like the, the stuff that went into it and like, and I think a good part of that was Alan Moore, but oh, it, he's very well, descriptive oh, with his panels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's so sick. Yeah, he's crazy. Dude. I had the slip cover of the Watchmen, uh, the hardcover slip cover with the newly colored, you know. Yeah, you know, I had what's it called? That. The absolute. I had the absolute. That's what it I is. have. I have had Watchmen twice. Yeah, and it has been stolen twice. Are you shitting me? Mm-mm. I'd steal it too. It's a good book. <laughs> <laughs> That's a damn. Good, if I didn't have it, I'd probably steal it. <laughs> I had a I had a roommate in college, and he had the unfortunate trait of. Always leaving our room unlocked. Uh. Like I was anal about that thing being locked, buddy. Yeah. Like it, I, I didn't trust anybody anywhere. Yeah. And uh, like he would leave the room unlocked, and I'd come back, and my stuff would be gone. That shit happens, man. When you yeah, leave the it room does. Unlocked, yeah. So I lost it there, and then I let a friend borrow my second Watchmen book, and never seen it again. Shit. Yeah, it's it's. You know, it's definitely something to own. Whether yeah, it be I'll get the, it again. Yeah, I just I don't know about you guys. I hate rebuying something. Me too. I hate that. Like I hate, like I bought something, and something happens to it. It gets broken or damaged or whatever. I hate rebuying something. Not it's really. like, oh come on, why do I have to? I know you should be pissed about that. Cause it's mm-hmm. bullshit. You already bought it once. You shouldn't have to buy it again. Yeah. You're you're the nice guy that lent it out to some dipshit that didn't. Yeah. Return, you know? Yeah. 
I just like people reading comic books, so I like to let people borrow stuff if I've got it. I know. I'm, I've I'm, always been like that. I've always been pretty good about sharing my stuff. I do the same thing. My friends right now has got a bunch of books of mine, and I'm like, oh, man, you going to read those or are you going to them back? <laughs> It'd be nice you know? to get them back. <laughs> I like to keep that shit in my collection. Yeah. I will go through it again. You know? Yep. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. That's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was really fun, dudes. Oh man, yeah. A blast. Was that episode seven? Seven? Yeah. Damn man, we're getting up there, right? Yep. Shit getting crazy now. Yeah, it'll be like what, episode seventeen before everybody's like a household name, right? Yeah. So uh that was really fun. We had Joe Amato on. Heck yeah. Talked a, a lot about time. horror. I love horror. I might go watch some horror right now. There you go. Uh, so, thanks for coming on, Charles. We might have oh. you back for episode eight, I'm sure, probably. I'll be here every time I can. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good and everything's smooth. Smooth. Smooth operator. <laughs> smooth operator. <laughs> this is What Geeks Do, episode seven. Tune in next week for episode eight. I'm No Job Rob. Pizza. Pizza snoozing, but he's there. Charles Morris, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, man. Always a pleasure. All right. We'll see you in the future. Later.